we round our way into Christmas, I wanted to do an interview with someone or some group who is serving and loving on people, creating something good in the world. Here in Utah, winters are cold and having a good coat is crucial to survival. So when I met up with the organization, One Warm Coat, I was excited to get their story because I understand the importance of One Warm Coat. One Warm Coat is a national nonprofit organization that works to provide a free warm coat to any person in need. They support anyone, individuals, groups, companies, and organizations across the country by providing the tools and resources needed to hold a successful coat drive. Coats are distributed in the communities where they're collected to children and adults in need without charge, discrimination, or obligation. Since One Warm Coat's inception in 1992, they have worked with volunteers to host more than 27,000 coat drives and have given away more than 5 million coats. So stay with me for an interview with Sherry Lewis Wood, the national founder and board chair of One Warm Coat. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with and making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Sherry, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. How are you doing today? Doing good, Laurie, and thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. Can we start off with you giving us a little information about you, a little about your story? Okay. You are right. The story we tell ourselves may not be the story that people on the outside see. And getting ready for this interview, it gave me time to reflect back on what has happened over the last 15 years. I grew up in the Air Force. Every 18 months, 24 months, we would move. And we always lived on base. So everybody around us was also moving. So there was a sense of community and we were all in it together. That was the way I grew up until I was about 15. My father retired and we moved to a small town in Oregon. Most of those people had never even moved. So I was new. They knew each other from kindergarten and they didn't understand how I felt lost. I moved when I was 20 down to San Francisco. And from then I continued moving. I was in banking for a while. I think I was at seven banks in 12 years, but always moving. And I didn't have a sense of community because I wasn't surrounded by people who were also doing the same thing. So one of the names I've given myself as my occupation is community builder. And that's what I've been doing for the last several years. One warm coat. I heard about it. It was the Monday of Thanksgiving weekend and They were interviewing a person who was coming over on our Bay Area Rapid Transit, our BART. They had 15 coats. They were carrying it over to get to the Union Square One Warm Coat Drive because it was the last day. One Warm Coat in 1992 was one weekend in one city. And I got goosebumps. And I just knew in the car that moment that I was going to do something with One Warm Coat. The next year decided to take it into a regional and national organization. People want to help and they don't know how, they don't know what to do. 
And so they kind of don't do anything. By asking for one warm coat, it's very easy. Oh, I can do that. You open up your, your coat closet and you see that you've got four or five extra coats and a couple of them you haven't worn for some time. And you hear this radio story or in the newspaper or at work, they're doing a one warm coat drive and you go, I can do that. When you give a coat to the box, you know it's gonna go in your community. You feel as though you've helped somebody. Well, on the other end, the person who receives that coat, they know that somebody cared. Somebody gave this perfectly good coat. Maybe it was too small, maybe they didn't like the color, maybe it had some bad memories, maybe it had good memories, maybe it was their mother's coat. The person who receives that coat knows that somebody cared. So building this sense of community by asking people to give one more coat has made a difference to hundreds of thousands of people who donate the coat and the hundreds of thousands of people who receive a coat. So wow. I'm a community builder. How did you go from hearing about one warm coat and you know seeing this one exchange to actually being able to get involved with the program? I knew the founder, Lois Pavlov, who is a woman who oh, she created Children of Shelters in San Francisco, which takes care of children who live in shelters and provides them with opportunities. She created One Warm Coat. She was just a beautiful force in San Francisco. And she, in 1992, had a coat. She went to Macy's at Union Square, and they created the One Warm Coat Coat Drive Thanksgiving weekend. I went to Lois and said, Lois, I'd like to take this national. And she said, how are you going to do it? And I said, I don't know. Now, <laughs> 1997, AOL, dial-up. There was, you know, to, to say that there was an internet is, is, is a joke by now. A website kind of looked like a piece of paper, but I just started. I had been in banking. I, I, I loved numbers. I loved goals. I loved process. And I just started. And the first year we had Girl Scout troops in eight states do one warm coat drives. The next year it became 15 states. Then it became 30 states. By the third year, we had a thousand one warm coat drives across the country. No advertising, only word of mouth, a website that, that is almost embarrassing in its simplicity, but that's the way things were. I had to get an 800 number that people could call because they would call my phone at six o'clock in the morning from Wisconsin. It's like, okay, I'm just waking up. So originally, one warm coat was going to be a part-time thing that I did from my uh, office in my apartment. And, you know, now it's 5,000 coat drives a year. Uh, it's all across the country. It's international. And, and it all happened because of what I knew. I knew that people wanted to help. I believed in people. And I, over these 15 years that I've been involved, I've had all sorts of naysayers or skeptics go, why are you doing this? Does anybody care? Are you sure there's need in our country? That, that was for several years. It was, this is America. Is there need? <laughs> and I just kept going forward, believing uh, in this. Now, this is nonprofit. I was unpaid. I was doing this because I believed in the goodness of people. You know, starting about October, September, I'd get busy and I'd be busy until February. Uh, now we have five staff. Um, I'm no longer stuffing envelopes. I'm no longer writing uh, labels. Um, but for, for the first five or six years, it was me knowing that there were good people out there. 
I am so inspired by this idea of just having a feeling of seeing an organization and saying, I would like to support that and stepping forward, not knowing or being able to see what that's going to look like, but simply stepping out to create possibility. We call that um, leaning into possibility. When I wrote the dream, because I had a coach who helped me a, a lot. He was a good supportive man. You need to put down your dream. And that, that I wrestled with, and finally I wrote it, and it still gives me goosebumps, that one warm coat would be part of the American lifestyle, and that when people had a coat, they would set it aside, knowing that there would be a coat drive in their community in the coming fall. And that is, I want it to be part of a six-year-old starts doing one warm coat in school, and now, oh, this was a story two years ago, we had a woman, international company, did one warm coat across 30 of their offices across the country. She remembered going to, to Union Square in San Francisco with her grandmother when she was a little girl. So when she's now a 25, 27 year old woman, she recommended one warm coat to her business and they did it in 30 locations across the country. I want it to be something that six year olds and 16 year olds and 66 year olds are, can be and will be a part of. So tell me about the Cold People Project, the coat drive that was organized by that six-year-old boy. Right. He, uh, he, was, he and his mom were driving to, to, mom is driving him to school, and he looks out, and he goes, Mom, these people are cold. They're, they're waiting to catch the bus, and they're cold. Why don't they have a coat? And the mother had to explain to him, well, they didn't have a coat. And he came home from school that day. He goes, well, we're going to do something about it. And it, they found one warm coat with our tools and resources, and he called it the Cold People Project. And he made flyers because we have those tools. And he went to businesses and he went to his school and several hundred coats were created, were collected for this boy and they gave him to a local agency. And so the Cold People Project is now happening, I think for the third year in his community. He saw a need, he had six-year-old season. And, and wait a minute, I've got lots of coats. So this intergenerational project is making a difference in the lives of many people in their community. And it's, and it's raising a, a young man who is going to know uh, in his heart what it means to help others. It's a really beautiful thing, a way that other people can get involved and make things happen. You know, you're, you're giving the foundation for people to create goodness in their communities. I love that. You have a couple other stories, children asking to do coat drives instead of receiving birthday presents. And tell me about those. Back in the old days and in the, in the 90s and early 2000s, it was always fun to open up my email every day to see what was going to happen. And so every year there's always several bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah projects and that and that's fun then there's birthdays instead of birthday presents would you bring coats and so that happens in october november december always happens we've had weddings where people uh said instead of bringing gifts please bring a coat and then they would distribute the coats to a local agency We've had adults do birthday parties of, of bring a coat. So, you know, sort of like a canned food drive, et cetera. It's, it's a coat drive. We've had people in nursing homes. Oh, this is every day there's messages. But when we got um, an email from a nursing home in upstate New York, you know, people move in. They move in with very few goods, uh, limited clothing and when they're living there. Can you provide us with some coats so that our residents can share them when they go to the doctor's in the winter, they don't, we don't have coats to put around them. Can you please send us a few coats to share? 
Uh, that's heartbreaking. And, and we, we try to make something happen. We reach out to the social service agency. So somebody does a coat drive and they have hundreds of coats because they will. Uh, those coats are given to a local social service agency that is already connected with those in need and they distribute the coats. We really don't want six-year-olds and their families distributing coats to people in need. That's not safe. But there's a whole sector of our, of our country that helps people, helps them with food, helps them with medical care, helps them with clothing. And those are the people, that those agencies receive the coats and they distribute them. But from time to time, we'll get a story and Jennifer, who's our CEO, will reach out and try and say, we got to get coats for these people. We had a woman who wrote us and said, you know, every day my husband gets up at four o'clock to go to work and he doesn't have a coat. We need a coat for him. And we'll, we'll try to find an agency who has adult coats. We need to do it. You know, so often people think it's, it's the homeless that need a coat. Well, you know, a six-year-old child who's living in a shelter or a six-year-old whose parents are working poor, uh, a coat, can be expensive. That That's a luxury. Am I going to pay the power bill? Am I going to pay the rent? Or am I going to buy my child a new coat? So it's not homeless men. It is people in your community who are just living with so few resources and to give them a coat that they can wear. Please make it a coat that looks like a coat you would want your child to wear or, or your sister or, or your, your parents. A coat that'll provide dignity for them as they, as they go to work, as they go to school. So Sherry, how does it work? If the listeners wanted to do a coat drive or support, you know, support this wonderful movement, what would be the first step they would take and then where would it go from there? Laurie, I'm going to say, first of all, the first step is to know that they have coats. So some people don't have time at this holiday time of year to take on this project, but I bet they can go to their closet and donate a coat. So they can go to onewarmcoat.org and they can find out where a coat drive in their community is. If your listeners have the time and the energy to hold their own coat drive, we've got tools and resources, register your coat drive, We'll send you those, those banners, the, the flyers, everything is free. And you hold a coat drive whenever you want. If you want to hold a coat drive two weekends in December, great. If you want to hold a coat drive at your work or at your school or in your community, maybe your apartment building, maybe your, your subdivision, create a, a banner, create a flyer. And then when you get those coats, take them to the local social service agency in your community. You can find a list of those on our website. And if, if there's something that, that's holding you back, send us an email. We'll, we'll give you advice on how to do it. We want to make it easy for you to make a difference in your community. Sounds like it's very well supported. You make it uh, easy for people to put good things together. <laughs> that's what well, we hope to. That is our goal. We, we know we have made it easy. We have people who've been doing one warm coat drives for 15, 16 years. It's lovely. I, I can see the names. They come through as seven, eight-year-olds and in their elementary school, and now they're graduating from high school, and they've, they've taken it with them. So that's fun. Oh, that's very cool. Um, in all of your experiences with One Warm Coat, what's the most touching or the most memorable? What's this thing that keeps you doing what you do? There are so many. There really are. The kids who, who write and tell me how proud they are. The mother who writes to say, thank you. My, my daughters needed coats. They were feeling 
ostracized and less than at school, and now they have coats. The thing that makes me feel most proud is is when my mother told me how proud she was of me that I had given this opportunity to so many people. And I did it just because it took my talents and, and my, my time, uh, which I have, and to be able to magnify it, to make it available and to see other people take it as their own. We, we, it's not about the staff of One Warm Coat. It's not about Sherry at One Warm Coat. It's about each person who creates the coat drive in their community and they've taken ownership and they feel and they know that they are making a difference. And so it started with Lois. I was touched. Lois let me carry the torch and it has just gone across the country and people feel and people are, I am making the difference. I am one warm coat in my community. That's wonderful. I want to thank you. Thank you for what you do in the world. We, we all have so much potential and capability to make great things happen in the world if we simply will take the time and the focus and feel from our heart to do it. And you have done that. Thank you. Lori, thank you for letting me look at my story. This is my last year uh, being on the board of One Warm Coat. We've got great staff. It's time to leave and let the organization be all that it is. It is not my organization. And it feels great. I had no idea that it would grow as large as it did, but I always believed in the goodness of people. And so it is a delight to talk with you. And hopefully many people will be inspired to do One Warm Coat in their community this year and for years to come, knowing that truly one person can make a difference and they can be that person. Beautiful. And this year is the 25th anniversary of One Warm Coat, right? It is. We have a goal. We have a goal to collect 1 million coats in one year. We set that goal five years ago. Uh, This is it. And we may do it. That's awesome. You will do it. You will do it. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. (laughs) So that's our goal, people. 1 million coats this year. Uh, Our year ends in March. It feels good. And with all the the tragedies and the catastrophes that are going on around the country, whether it's hurricanes or fires, and then soon we have winter, so there will be winter storms. When you open your coat closet, you know, as you're putting on your coat, look and see, is there an extra one that somebody needs? That's all we ask. There's an extra one in my coat closet. I'm going to go get it right now. Great. Thank you, Lori. (laughs) Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate you being with us. In 2015, USA Today reported that cold kills 20 times more people than heat does. And in a 2016 article by Climate Depot, they claimed that the U.S. annually averages 144,000 deaths from cold. Now, I've often seen the homeless in the winter and wondered how they survived. Or seen people, young kids in the elementary schools that, that were going to and from without a coat or on really horrible cold nights. I have very specifically thanked God for a roof and a warm haven, all the while worrying about those who were out in the cold and wondering how they were surviving. While solving poverty, homelessness, and all the world's problems is too large a project for anyone to take on, One Warm Coat has a great system for helping communities help themselves. 
and for allowing each one of us to do something. Maybe just to give one warm coat to make one person's life a little better. At this time of year, where we focus on giving and the chilly air signals cozy fireplaces, hot cocoa, and maybe some TV binging, here's a way, another idea for spreading some love in your community. Have a wonderful holiday season and share the love this year by sharing this podcast with someone you love. If there's an episode that struck you as really meaningful, think of someone else who would gain from it and pass it along. You don't have to pass along all the episodes. Just specifically, maybe there's one that you know some, someone is struggling with that topic. Pass it along to them because it's the season for giving. And if you have one warm coat, you can find it in your heart to maybe even set up a drive. Go to onewarmcoat.org. Their contact information will be on the show notes on the website at www.loveyourstorypodcast.com. And we've got the Love Your Story t-shirts, very cool, good fabric for Christmas presents, and some freebies that will help you get started on your own story work, things you can sign up for on the website. So go get the free audiobook. You can get it in either form. It's called The Key to Your Super Self, How Your Stories Unleash Your Power and get started on the fabulous path to creating your best story this coming year. Do some good out in the world.